It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. Hey, hey, we are back. WFO Radio, the podcast that is on the air. Joe Costello back with you. And this is kind of an interesting deal because the internet is broken. And I am trying to get online with our live stream program and all that stuff, and nothing is working. And I did some quick searches. Others are experiencing the issue, not just with our StreamYard program, but other programs. We have connected with the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, using Skype, old school, audio only. This is why you must be subscribed to the podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, however you get your podcast, WFO Radio. Audio only, baby. It is the backbone. It is the easiest way. It requires the least technical juice. And so we're going to have Reinhardt in a second. Do you want to shout out to the sponsors? We will have a show later on in the week. Alan and I are going to get together, I believe, on Thursday. We're going to try to make it happen on Thursday for the full video show. We'll speak with Alan in a second, just a quick to get things warm. But Total Seal Piston Rings, Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School, Marvin Rodax, CoffeeAndGrills.com, samtech.edu and torque calibration services of australia torquecalibrationservices.com.au these are the people who made championship week possible let's go out to alan reinhardt in tucson arizona ar how are you hey joe i'm good how are you old school man this is how it started back in the day on xm right you on a phone line somewhere me on a microphone somewhere nobody could see either of us uh things might have been better back then no, you know, it's kind of annoying. I had my hair done just for the occasion. I, you know, I was going to show off a new look. I bought some new clothes. I, I mean, this was going to be like my start of the new flash, and now nobody gets to see it. No, I know. But uh, you have offered, and Alan is always great about this kind of stuff. Uh, whatever the issue is, it just happened right before the show. And I did a quick search, and, you know, StreamYard is down, and there's a big spike, and everyone's having problems, and they're all complaining, et cetera, and so on. So he's like, hey, how about, you know, Thursday later in the week we try again? And I, I like that, too. So we'll try to do, like, you know, if 1 o'clock works Eastern, the normal time on Thursday, that is great. My buddy, here's the deal, though. I was going to go to the five-day bracket race at Moroso. My friend was going to race. It might be the final five-day. I was going to go on Thursday. Right before the show, he pulled the plug on it. And he says, nope, can't do it. You know, the boys, soccer, eight different games this week, can't go. So I guess it all works out. So I don't have to go to the five-day, and we can do the show. Perfect. Perfect. All right, so this is just like a table setter, so we don't have to go all into detail, but let's look at it from 50,000 feet. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, Alan. Like, I'm happy about the results. I'm happy about the way it went down. I'm happy looking back at the season. There were many good times had, but in the greater context, drag racing and how we're kind of coming out of what was 2020, I feel great about it. What about you? I would agree with that. Yeah, I think we had, uh, you know, NHRA overall had a good season. The finals were an incredible show. You know, you and I talked about it a little bit at the end of the day and talked with Brian about it a little bit at the wrap party and you know, just the fact that, you know, my simple scale for judging drag races, and you know this, is if this was the first time you ever experienced NHRA, would you come back? And if there was anybody that was at the racetrack on Sunday that went, yeah, that, you know, I don't know if that's for me, then thanks for giving us a shot and go take up basket weaving or whatever else you want to do. Because we had a great show. We had great drama. We had zero downtime. The safety safari never rolled once. The only stoppage I think we had all day long was when Matt Smith went in the sand. And, you know, a motorcycle in the sand takes three minutes. So it was just a good, clean, quick, bang, bang day. And I'm trying to remember the last time there was a race 
where we had more nitro cars go to the finish line because I don't know what you were doing on the starting line, but from up in the tower, the lights would flash and I'd hold my breath until I saw the scoreboard come on because almost every pair was a good clean run down the racetrack and you didn't know who was going to win, at least not from where I was sitting until the scoreboard came on. And, you know, we had certainly some wild highlight stuff. The Mike Salinas thing is, is all over the internet right now, but it was, yeah. I thought just a terrific show. It ran smoothly. It ran on schedule. We got finished in the daylight, which whoever decided to start at 10 a.m. instead of 11 is a genius. Um, you know, to be able to do winter circle, talk to the guys, and do all that when the sun was still up was brilliant. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, we caught some breaks. It was definitely good. If we retrain the audience out there, I think it was. We had a good time in the morning. Um, and just thinking about what you said about, like, the Salinas deal was the only scary moment of the day and Matt Smith going into the sand. Um, but a clean race, a good race, no shenanigans, right? Like it all worked out the ladder. You were talking a little bit about Karen Stouffer in the ladder and how she, uh, she made everything right in the pro stock motorcycle world. We got to see the championship contenders race each other, right? Like you'd want it. Greg raced Erica Hagen raced caps. And even though it didn't go caps way and he still won the championship, we got to see those runs and feel Feel that moment, which is why we are all there to feel something, and we got to feel it. Agreed. You know, the the Greg and Erica thing was was you know game over as soon as Greg won, but they got to race each other, and you know Ron Caps had a chance to control his own destiny, came up a little bit short on that run against Hagen, and so now he's in, and he even referenced you know Antron Brown, whatever it was thirteen, when Antron was the one standing on the starting line. You know, trying to pretend he wasn't rooting against his teammate. Um, but when Alexis' scoreboard lit up, then Ron was the champion. And the look on his face, because obviously, you know, the NHRA and Fox guys had cameras on him, was one of almost disbelief at first. Because I think he had convinced himself, once he lost, that Matt would win the race, Matt would win the championship. And it's like, you know, I had my chance. I couldn't stop him. And now I just have to sit here and accept my fate. But uh, the racing God swung it back in his direction. And then same thing with the top motorcycle. When Angel and Matt went head-to-head, it's like, that's what I want to see. I'm not rooting for or against anybody. But it's like, look, if you want to win the championship, beat that guy or beat that girl and make it happen. And they were able to battle it out head-to-head. And I just think that's much better. I think it's better for the fans. I think it's better for everybody than – you know, if they never have to face each other, you know, Brittany and Steve didn't, but I mean, let's be honest, that one was over getting there. You know, basically when Steve showed up in Pomona, um, it was going to take more than just a minor miracle for Brittany to catch him. So that one was over. That one doesn't bother me so much, but the rest of like, the rest of them that they all got to race head to head. And when the ladders came out, you know, you and I talked about it Saturday night and Sunday morning, every championship contender had their destiny in their own hands. If if Hagen wins a race, he's going to be the champion. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. If Ron wins a race, he could have been the champion. He didn't have to win the race, but he had his destiny in his own hands. Matt, Angel, even Steve um, Johnson saying, if you win this race, you will be the champion. You don't have to rely on anybody else. And, you know, Matt Smith obviously got it done in the motorcycle. But the way it worked out, I love that. Because now it's like, you know, don't sit back there and complain about, you know, well, Maybe this guy didn't try hard, or maybe this one let this one go, or maybe there was team orders, or maybe it's you have your destiny in your own hands, 
And if you can't close the deal, that's your fault. Simple as that. Simple as that. And and that's how it's supposed to be. And it was great. It was a pure race. It was a fun race. So much emotion throughout the day. And uh, just, you know, to touch on the champions. And we'll go deeper on Thursday, everybody. And again, I apologize. This is not of our doing. Some uh, bizarre circumstances kind of shut down the links and the methods that we stream. And, uh, you know, we were one minute before the show and this thing happened. So our apologies. I will post the audio. And this is why you're hearing us, because we have uh, multiple layers of backups and able to do this. We will go in, in depth. I want to I show Alan the video of me and Brian Loans uh, ambushing Greg Anderson on the plane. We got him. GA was on the flight, and and I snuck to the back and got the camera rolling, and Brian went out there and got on the mic and did a big tribute to Greg Anderson, and the whole plane erupted in applause, and I think Greg was maybe a little uh, you know, embarrassed. He doesn't want to be the focus like that. But we had a fun moment with Greg Anderson, who won his fifth championship, 99th career win. He said it. It was the best car that he had maybe ever had at any event at any point. He had the best car all year. And I, I also find it just funny. He was low ET of every single round except the final. Yeah. And then he ends up winning the final on a whole shot. It's like, come on. Really? <laughs> and, you know, the car was fast. That was it. And it really was his race to lose. Um, you know, he wasn't stellar, certainly in the semifinals against Erica. But fortunately for Greg... Erica rattle of tires and that slowed her car down some. So, um, you know, left it open, but they did get to run head to head. I thought, you know, that was important. And I also thought it was interesting at the end, Erica came over and gradually congratulated him. Richard Freeman came over and congratulated him. And, you know, obviously sometimes emotions run a little high and things are going when you're in the heat of the battle. But as we've seen over and over and over in NHRA, we're all a family. If I'm fighting you for something, I'm fighting you for something. But at the end of the day, you know, congratulations to whoever wins. If you need help, I'm willing to help. You know, when we're in the battle, we're going to be enemies. But once it's over with, you know, we all go back to the heaven. It's, I think a lot of it comes down to a level of respect. If you understand what it takes to compete at that level, the commitment, the time, the sacrifice, that, then you respect somebody else that makes the same time and commitment sacrifice to go race at that level. And when it's over, you just got to appreciate the effort. Simple as that. And, uh, you know, you're in the fight. Sometimes you're in a fight. You do things that you wouldn't normally do. And once the fight is over, the fight is over, back to normal. And uh, that's where we're at. And it was Greg Anderson won it. Erica finishing second. There's definitely no shame in that. She's still one of the greatest of all time. And I think, frankly, they made it very interesting at the end. Like, people, again, talking pro stock for such a big part of the year. Dallas Glenn won Rookie of the Year, for those that uh, don't know. And I think that is correct. That is the correct vote, uh, all things considered. Dallas beating Erica in Vegas, 001 to 005, changed the dynamic of the finals in a way that, you know, maybe saved the championship for Greg, who knows. Um, I think Dallas, as great as Josh Hart was and is, and what he has done has been so special, if you have to make the call... Simple three wins to two wins and six finals. Dallas Glenn got it done. Yeah, I think, you know, what, what tips the scales towards Dallas, and certainly Josh Hart had a tremendous season. But I think the two things that tip the scales towards Dallas, the stat that you just mentioned about final rounds and wins, and that he raced every race on the season. 
you know, have Josh Hart gone out and chased the entire tour, gone to every race, been in the countdown, then I think his ballot is stronger, even if he does only have two wins. But in my mind, the commitment to run the entire season is worth something in the ballot box as well. So uh, I agree. I think Josh had a, a tremendous season. Uh, you know, there's a whole lot of other years when he would have been a shooting for the of the year. But in this particular case, I think, I think that all of the voters made the right choice. Uh, they gave it to the deserving racer, and that was Dallas. Absolutely. It was Dallas. And we're going to go deeper later on in the week. Just want to touch on everything. Uh, we mentioned Caps. You know, Caps, the guy, there's not so much you can say about Caps other than he's uh, he's one of our greats, right? Like, the, if there was no John Force, Ron Caps is, is the guy. And for him to win a second championship, to me, it makes me happy because not that there would be questions, but when you, when you win two championships now, there's never a question, right? It's like one, something can happen one time by an accident, but when it happens twice, uh, there will be no naysayers about Ron Caps ever. And Dean Antonelli, I'm so happy for him and for John Medlin. And did you hear the stuff? We'll tease this, but did you hear the stuff that Caps said about Medlin and Eric Medlin? Uh, when? Uh, it, I think he said it in the winner's circle about... Um, you know, John, like when they lost, John apologized to, geez, there's a photo of Eric oh, yeah, that he okay. keeps yeah. and the, and he, he, he felt an energy, like say, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I don't mind talking about that stuff. You know, some people think that's uh, hokey stuff. I, I am, um, humble enough to know that there's a lot more going on than I understand. And if John Medlin says that the picture told him it's going to be okay, I accept it. Yeah, I'm good with that as well. And the one thing that I'm sorry I missed, and I tip of the cap to Dave Moody, Sirius XM NASCAR radio yesterday had Steve Torrance and had Ron Caps on the show for an extended amount, you know, not just a, hey, congratulations, but for, you know, a 15, 20-minute discussion. Uh, I was able to hear the Torrance when I couldn't. I didn't hear the Caps when I had some other stuff going on. And I can't figure out how to go back and find it on demand, apparently, because I'm just stupid. But right. uh uh, Moody posted something at the end of the day, uh, pointed at Gary Selzy. He's like, you know, dude, if you missed this, because we were basically bagging on you for a big part of it. Um, and, you know, Dave has always been a big NHRA supporter. So I thought it was really cool that X- Sirius XM NASCAR radio took time to acknowledge champions in the NHRA. And I thought that was pretty cool. The last time that that happened, that somebody on Sirius XM NASCAR radio talked NHRA drag racing, it was it was me. It was us back in the day when there were two different channels and uh, XM and Sirius. But, uh, yeah, well, and and what's happening, though, now, right? Like, how much – and I don't know the answer to this, and I'm not saying anything negative about Dave. I, I, I love him and those guys in Bagley and those guys. They're great. But Tony Stewart's involvement, the press conference, Tony Stewart at ZMAX Dragway, all the NASCAR regulars were there – one of them didn't even know how to say NHRA, which I was mad. I almost reached through the uh, radio. Like, come on, man. Really? You're a journalist. Learn the thing. Um, but that, to me, that's Tony Stewart's involvement and Rick Hendrick's involvement. And those guys, it, they, they are, I don't want to say they're expected, but like those are their guys. Their guys that they cover are competing here. So why wouldn't they cover? It makes sense to me. Well, I think there's certainly some of that, but I also, you know, Dave Moody and I are pretty good friends. And one of the things that I always respected about him is that he will not allow somebody to come on his show and bag on NHRA. I mean, he's like, you know, yes, we are NASCAR. We are, that's our focus, but 
you know, he has a lot of respect for the folks that race in NHRA. He comes to the races in Charlotte on a pretty regular basis when he's in town, and he respects what we do and won't let. You know, I've heard some of the NASCAR stuff where somebody comes, you know, well, NHRA sucks, and everybody just deals with it. But Dave won't stand for that. He has always been a supporter of NHRA, even though that's not where he makes his living. And the fact that he reached out to a couple of our champions and had them on part of his show, I was pretty impressed with. That is great. And anybody who bags on NHRA, like what NASCAR fan bags on NHRA? Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. But whatever. Let them do what they want. (laughs) I've never heard anyone bag on NHRA that isn't already like an NHRA fan. Like the old school NHRA fans are the ones that bag on the NHRA the most, the keyboard warriors. But boy, isn't funny, Alan, how they've kind of gone a little silent all the nhra are dead people they've kind of gone a little silent as we've gotten all this like a tsunami of good news uh one uh, bit of news which we'll talk about later on in the week the toyota super funny car the huge toyota investment in a new funny car body that i don't know what you think of it alan but i thought it was uh as close to the factory representation as it could be yeah i think it looks good we need to save that for thursday we need to show it and everybody can see it yes Exactly. But we had a big unveil, and it was great stuff. Uh, Pro Stock Motorcycle Matt Smith, you know, I kind of felt like that was going to happen. I love Steve and Angel and all of that, but he had the lead, number one, which is big. And this guy is, you know, there's he's a racer. Like, I, it's, it's a weird thing to say. He's a racer, but he's, he's Tricky Ricky's kid. He grew up knowing all the moves, and he is the racer's racer. He needs a, a reaction time advantages, wins races on hole shots. Sure, boom. He can do whatever you ask him to do, and he did it, and they won it. I think he certainly deserved it. You know, the year he had, the season he had. Uh, but, you know, it comes right down to it was a one-on-one run to determine the championship. And Angel was late. It's, a ser- it's as simple as that. She had the better motorcycle and let that one get away. You know, Matt's going up there. He's doing his job and, you know, as he's done all year. But I think, I think if you go back and look, and I have nothing to back this up other than I'm just, like, kind of flashing through my memory in a hurry. How many runs did Matt make where you thought to yourself, man, he screwed up? You know, where he either had a mistake on the starting line, had a red light in eliminations, missed the tree badly, got out of shape and had to shut off. How many how many runs did Matt make where you thought, man, the driver made a mistake on that one versus the rest of the field? And, you know, Steve Johnson had a very fast motorcycle for a large part of the season. But he goes to Bristol and three times in a row makes a mistake and ends up leaving there with minimum points instead of a good haul. Uh, you know, he crossed the center line in final qualifying in Pomona. He made that mistake, cost him 15 points, and certainly made it a taller mountain to climb if he wanted to go win the championship. You know, Angel a couple of times this year, you know, either late or red or out of the groove or when, you know, she was in a position and she made a mistake. And Matt just simply doesn't make very many mistakes. And I think that is a big big part of the reason that he won the championship he certainly had a good motorcycle but not the best motorcycle all year long but he just minimized the mistakes as simple as that you know put the combination together right like the quickest and fastest bike for most of the year doesn't make mistakes can dig down and get a great reaction time when he needs um 
that's that's a very difficult com- com- combination to beat. And they couldn't beat him. And that's why he's got not one, two, three, or four, but five Pro Stock Motorcycle World Championships. And now he walks among the immortals. It's pretty amazing how it's happened so rapidly. The guy's amazing, and Angie's great. And they also took some very extra special time to spray Evan with champagne in the winner's circle, which I thought was also great. <laughs> and I have a great video yeah, of it, Alan. I was okay with that too. Yeah, I was, I was glad to be. I was able to dance out of the way. Yes, yes. Not that I was part of the planning or anything, because I was not. But uh, I was given a heads up that it might it might happen. So, and then Steve Torrance, right? Like, what can you say about the Capco team? You witnessed. You were in the middle of the whole Tony Schumacher run. Tony Schumacher, Alan Johnson, historic run. And now we're in the midst of another one. And there's a lot of cars coming next year. I'm hearing all kinds of great things about who's coming out next year and the rumors of this and that, et cetera. But what the Torrance team has been able to do, just amazing. 11 wins on the year. And I, uh, you know, obvious favorites going into next year. Like, you can't suggest anyone's going to be the one to knock them off the top until that person shows up and really shows something. Um, So they got their own drive for five going. Well, I, they're going to be they're going to be held to be reckoned with, no doubt about it. But Alan Johnson and Doug Coletta being teamed up, I think, is going to be the big powerhouse that I'm not saying like dismantles them, but I think that that is going to be an immovable object for the Torrance Unstoppable Force, and I'm looking forward to watching them go head to head throughout the course of the season. I also, you know, I I love what Torrance did. And I'm talking about the whole team, all the Capco boys. Same thing that John Force did in his heyday when the thing was so, when he was so strong and looked so unbeatable. They make so much of their own luck. How often does somebody go up next to him, make a mistake? And, you know, I've said it so many times, it's almost cliche. It's like if I'm racing Steve Torrance and he qualified at a 370 and I qualified at a 390, I'm not going to go try to run 369 if I don't know how to do that. Because if he runs 370, he's going to beat me, and I will accept that. But I am not going to let him get away with smoking the tires, pedaling it, running 415, and winning the race. And how many times did you see when Torrance's guy missed it a little and the guy in the other lane or the girl in the other lane let them get away with it? And that's you know, and it's completely of their own doing. You know, when they're so good and so strong, they force people to go into uncomfortable things and do stuff. But that's the kind of run that they're on right now is that people pull up there and don't go, okay, this is a good car. I got to beat people get up there and go, okay, here's what we're going to do, right? Let's take the motor out of the semi and put it at the dragster because if that's the only way we're going to beat them. And you let them get away with making less than stellar runs. When they needed to be great, they were great. When they weren't great, people let them get away with it. And that's just, you know, Tony Schumacher had the same thing when he was going through his run. He was so strong that he would force people into mistakes, and that would allow him to get away with mistakes on a regular basis because he was forcing the guys in the other team to make even bigger ones. Yes. Yes, it is. And they're in the middle. And what do you do? Um, And the answer is go down the track as best as you can, get down there and take your whooping. Great job by, you know, Trip Tatum and Cam Ferrey. Um, there are a lot of good cars out there. We just need everybody to start coming to the track on a regular basis, um, and we could we could have a really great 2022. So we talked Steve, we talked Caps, we talked GA, we talked about uh, Matt Smith. The Lucas Oil Series final championships were decided. It was a, a great weekend all around. If you got a final thought, thought uh, for the audio-only podcast listeners, throw it out there. 
just that it was a great weekend all the way around. I think, you know, good weather. It was a little warm for Southern California, but we had good weather. We put on a great show. And as I said before, if Sunday was your first experience at NHRA and you didn't think that was awesome, then thanks for giving us a try. But, you know, the next one's not going to be better than that. It's not going to be more drama-filled. It's not going to be more pressure-packed. It's not going to be better competition. If you didn't think that was worth coming to see again, thanks for giving us a shot because that was just a great race. That's it. Simple as that. All right, Alan, the plan is we're going to get together on Thursday. I've got a meeting tomorrow. i got to go down to the MIA, Miami, and uh, and take care of that. We'll try to get together on Thursday. I hope to have champions the following week. Let's give these guys uh, an opportunity to uh, decompress and realize what it all means. And uh, I appreciate you jumping on the phone line, doing a little something for our audio-only podcast listeners, The Backbone of WFO Radio. And, uh, you know, who knows, this live stream thing will sort itself out, and uh, that'll be that. But I appreciate you, you know, uh, working on an Audible here. Not a problem, Joe. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. All right. Thank you, Alan. Take care. There he goes, the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt. Thank you, Alan. And, yes, I am very sad. Very sad I did not get to do a live stream today. But Alan and I struggled to even connect, and I'm wondering, is there a larger issue or was there a larger issue uh, with the Internet? And uh, because even Skype was a little weird. And, you know, my stuff is all reset. I all reset my stuff all the time. But I I go onto a couple of sites, like is uh, StreamYard down? And there's a spike, StreamYard is down. We're having trouble, we're struggling, StreamYard's not working, what the heck? Um, And it's a bummer because it happened, like, right before we went live and I had promoted and got everybody so excited uh, but whatever it is what it is I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often right we got it in all right everybody here's the deal samtech.edu the school of automotive machinists and technology total seal piston rings we love those guys totalseal.com new episodes of hidden horsepower coming out we got another one coming up we're going to be at PRI with them it's going to be great Frank Hawley's drag racing school Go to frankhawley.com and Marvin Rodak, rodakscoffeeandgrills.com, 817-924-6821. Call Marvin. Get those holiday packs. Maybe become a Patreon, patreon.com slash WFO Radio. I'm about to post something for those guys as well. Uh, A little behind-the-scenes, in-depth detail on what went on. The Greg Anderson airplane video. I'm asking you, can you retweet that? Like, I think that is great. I think we had a good thing, a moment there, and it's got good traction already. Uh, I would love to get that out there because Greg was just, he was like, oh, man. He uh, he took it well, but it was a caper, right? At the end of the deal, we uh, were making moves on the plane. And the whole plane were, were drag racers, like a lot of drag racers on the plane. Greg and his team, and everybody asked. They're like, why is Greg not in first class? And uh, those guys are in coach all the time, man. KB. they I think they jump airlines a lot, and so they don't maybe have status. Um, they're all in coach back there with me. So I think that's cool, the everyman. And I got a bunch of stories. I really wanted to do it with interaction for people out there. So don't get uh, upset. When the live stream comes back, maybe I'll do something just us also. But this is the off season, And what does it mean? It means we continue with WFO right through the winter break. And we're going to get Caps and we're going to get Greg and we're going to get Steve. Steve is like, I will come on your show anytime. Steve was so nice. Steve Torrance, man. And then, of course, Matt Smith, Matt and Angie. I got to share that video. <laughs> I don't know what Angie was more happy about. Matt winning or Evan getting doused. The way she said it was so cool. I can't wait to play you guys a video. All right, that's it. End of show. Audio only podcast. Podcast listeners, this is what you get. 
Like, ultimately, this is the great benefit of subscribing to the podcast. Because a lot of people on YouTube and on uh, Facebook and Twitter, and they're like, where's the show? And you guys are like, ah, I got something and I know. I am in the know. Hey, also, you know, the new T-shirt deal. The JC League ordered something on Friday, and it showed up on Monday. What's that? How's that? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm going to push that merch stuff a little bit more, um, and I'm open. You know, if you got ideas for slogans or cool shirts or whatever, you will not be compensated, but you'll get the honor of saying, like, I came up with that one. We're in a new era here of some WFO gear. Wide effing open. Says it right on the front of the T-shirt. I want to see it on Jay, though. And there you go. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. WFO.